Welcome to online worship. We're so glad that you could join us. Oh, it is so good to have some things that are familiar. Pumpkin spice. Oh, the word for the week for our granddaughter at school is gratitude. And it is the season of gratitude, isn't it? So we get all geared up for Thanksgiving. But the more I think about the familiar season that's coming up, well, I begin to worry because there's so much that's unknown. Well, what will we do about a Thanksgiving meal? And who will we invite? And who will not be at the table? And how will we do Christmas? And what will this season look like? And suddenly, well, the unknowns pile up. And I can become pretty anxious. How about you? And Jesus said, do not be anxious. Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, I invite you to worship with us and to explore what Jesus means about not being anxious, about turning your worry over to a God who holds all things in his arms, who cares for us and watches over us. Let us join together in the call to worship this day. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Do not worry about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Seek first the kingdom of God and all the things you need will be taken care of. Let us join as we sing together, come. Now is the time to worship.
Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last Sunday, the Senior High Youth at Grace held an in-person Bible study outdoors at McDonald's. And it was good to see everyone face to face. Now, I did not expect today to be quoting the youth in my message, and I really wasn't looking to them to give me some good material for me to have in my sermon. No, it just sort of happened that way. I asked the question, what makes you brave? And they had two responses that really stand out for me. One is encouragement. The other is friends. Encouragement can come from many sources, parents, a coach, a teacher, even a brother or sister. It's these positive words from people who know us that help us to be brave. Words like, you got this. You can do it. Don't give up now. Words of encouragement are what we need from the people we care about and the people who care about us. Whether it's 
when we're learning to ride a bike or learning to drive a car or taking a math test or learning learning a new piece of music or, or breaking our personal record in sports. It's encouragement that gets us there. The other response they had to the question, what makes us brave, is friends. Friends that lead the way. Friends that cheer us on. Friends that come alongside us. And friends that will back us up when we take a risk to do what we didn't think we could do. Well, we are on in this series called Pressing On. That begins in Paul's letter to the Philippians. In the passage I'm focusing on today, the Apostle Paul is being an encourager to the congregation at Philippi, especially the leadership. Paul loves this church. In fact, if, if Paul is allowed to have favorites, Philippi would be the church. He calls it his joy and crown. He, he writes to the leaders in Philippi while he is in prison. And his words to the Philippians, to his friends, and to his co-workers are words of encouragement. If I can paraphrase, what Paul is saying is this. You've got this. Have this same mind that is in Christ Jesus. Be joyful. Don't worry. Just take everything to God in prayer. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Paul in, intended that these words would be an encouragement. Not a burden. Well, I want to tell you, when I was was reading them in preparation for this message, I didn't see them as encouragement at first. Here's why. These words remind me of some of the toughest challenges of the Christian faith. One is, don't worry. The other is, take everything to God in prayer. It's always been difficult to not worry. And especially now, when there's so much to worry about. Disease, financial stress, work issues, family issues, trying to manage online learning and, and soon a hybrid schedule, on again, off again school. You're telling me, don't worry? And it's always been difficult to pray, especially now. So many distractions, so many things on my mind, so many diversions. And when I do actually pray, I'm not sure my prayers are making a difference. I'm not always sure they're getting through. There's this burden I carry as a Christian, and maybe you do too. I play these tapes in my head. I shouldn't worry so much. 
And I should pray more. Jesus said it too in Matthew chapter 6. Don't worry about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Don't worry about what you shall wear. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be taken care of as well. When we consider what is right behavior, I like to know what is the safe line? Is, is a little bit of worry okay? I think it's good to worry about keeping our loved ones safe. It's good to prepare for the future and anticipate complications and potential problems. But what's the line between a healthy amount of worry and, well, way too much? This is difficult to figure out. You don't want a carefree pilot who has absolutely no worries when you get on a plane. But you don't want a pilot that is so worried about an unsafe flight that the pilot won't even taxi down the runway for fear of disaster. As long as the pilot has the skills, you hope the pilot will have the right amount of worry and concern going on in their heads to make it a safe flight. Health experts have a way to discern if worry has crossed a line. One of the standards is this. Is your worry productive or unproductive? Productive worry means you can do something about it right away. You can resolve the situation or you, you can take care of the situation with some effort. Unproductive worry means, well, there really isn't anything you can do about it. You worry about a massive ice storm. You worry about the volcano in Yellowstone National Park erupting and taking out half the United States. There's really nothing we can do about that. So why worry? Is your worry productive or unproductive? I think this is a pretty good guideline. There are areas of worry that, worry that are, well, kind of in a gray area. For instance, health issues. Will I get cancer? Will I develop heart disease? Will I get the coronavirus? There are things I can do to reduce the chances. There are healthier ways to live that can decrease the risk. However, heredity and environment and other factors can still work against us even if we are doing everything we can. So what can we conclude from this? A little bit of worry that leads us to good practices for ourselves and for others is good. The benefit makes the worry worth it. 
But unproductive worry is immobilizing. It is unhealthy. The scripture says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul sees prayer as the best alternative to worry. We can take our worries to God in prayer. We can take anything to God in prayer. Nothing is out of bounds. God can take it no matter what it is. Our worries, our fears, our anger, our doubts. God embraces every thought, every fear, every doubt, everything as God keeps embracing and holding on to us. Some prayers go unanswered. Even when our prayers are not selfish and are all about helping someone other than ourselves or or about bringing healing to someone we love, sometimes those prayers are met with silence. That hurts. And it's, it's not because we don't have enough faith. Bad things happen in this world that have no satisfactory explanation. But I still believe that prayer is what gets us through. Prayer is what gives us peace. I heard this story about a wise man that had been diligently wandering the earth searching for God. And he settles under this tree. Day and night he cries out to God, God, come to me. Show yourself to me. Where are you, God? Crying out again and again, where are you? Where are you? Many days pass. And finally, the divine comes to him in his thoughts. He hears God saying, Who do you think is the one in you? who is crying out. The story concludes with these words. Perhaps the longing for God is the sure and certain sign that God is present, not absent. It's the heart crying out that lets us know that God is real that God is here. There is no better way to pray. Paul says, pray without ceasing in everything, in prayer and supplication, bring your requests before God. Well, this is an awfully high standard to be I mean, to pray all the time. I don't like to set myself up for failure. Maybe I can get at least one decent prayer in every day. But to pray all the time, 
Who can do that? The confirmation class gave their interpretation of these verses in a drama they presented at last year's Ash Wednesday service. One of the students attempted to talk to God all the time because she took the Bible passage literally. It says, pray unceasingly. That's what she was doing. And she found out from her friends that not only was it annoying to be praying all the time, not only was it physically impossible, speaking all the time in prayer, even if you are a talker, is not what Paul meant. And it's not what God expects of us. Prayer is more than just talking. What if prayer without ceasing is about dwelling in God, about surrender, about living in God's presence, being aware in the moment, not, not asking, not talking, but making space, making room for God, being open to the divine. If that's what prayer is, we can get there from here. Prayer is a gift given to us for us to make our refuge in God as the way to handle all the turmoil going on around us. We can go there when we just pause and take a breath. And remember that God is right here. Where we get off track with worry is focusing on the negative, looking at what we lack, being preoccupied with what's gone wrong, thinking about how bad we are, that rather than remembering and celebrating that we are all God's precious children, created in God's image, redeemed, forgiven, restored, loved. Paul even gives us a guide to how we can rise above worry and open our minds to the many different ways that we can pray. So these words, this is a prayer. You can make this a part of your prayer life. Maybe you already do, but it's a good reminder for those of us who tend to forget. Here's a prayer. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Now I'd like to close with a prayer which I imagine for many of you is familiar. 
it's, it's good when we don't know what to pray that we can pray the Lord's Prayer. Or we can pray this prayer or, or other prayers that others have written. This is the Serenity Prayer written by Reinhold Niebuhr. It's, it's like an anthem for Alcoholics Anonymous, one that many AA meetings have as their closing. And it fits the times that we're in now. So I close with this prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen.
to you. We seek you, Lord, for only in seeking you can we lay down our worries. Only in coming as we are, in bowing before you, in confessing that you are God, in choosing you now, can we find the greatest treasure of resting in you, of being held secure in your love, of believing beyond this moment, beyond this trouble, beyond this bump in the road to the greater glory that awaits us. So we turn to you with our cares and with those whom we care for. So we lift up to you, Karen, praying that you'll ease her breathing, work through the hospital staff. May your will be done in her life that strengthened in you, she may be a witness to your enduring grace and a continuing model of faithful discipleship. We bring before you George, ease his pain, hasten his recovery, keep him safe from all infection, and oh Lord, help him to be patient with himself. Be with his family. As they journey with him, pour out your peace upon them that they may feel your presence in a very real way. We place before your throne Brant as he prepares to go to an oncologist. Give those who have care over his treatment wisdom and insight. Guide them, O Lord, and grant to Brant and his parents, Rich and Peggy, your peace that passes all human understanding and pour out your Holy Spirit upon him to work your miraculous healing in and through him as a witness to your power, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. We lift up to you, Lord, all of our friends and neighbors in extended care, those who are in assisted living, those who long for company, and long to be reunited with loved ones in person. Be with them, Lord. Surround them with your love. May they feel your presence and know the love of all of those who are lifting them up in prayer right now. We pray for those who have been affected by the devastating fires in the West. Especially do we lift up the more than 16,500 firefighters who have continued to work for months towards containment on 22 major wildfires. Oh, Lord, strengthen and defend those who stand on the front lines to defend us, to defend us against fires, who defend us against disease, who defend us against harm, we pray. We come with these concerns, laying them before you, not to worry and fret, but to trust them 
into your care. And we come also with thanksgiving and joy at the many blessings and signs of hope you place before us. We give you thanks for the answered prayer for Millie as she received not only good news from her tests, but miraculous news. We thank you for her strong witness over the years and the blessing you have given us that she will continue to be a witness for her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For these we have named, for those we have left unnamed, for those we have not known to name, but you, O oh Lord, who know all things, carry them in your heart. We bring them all before you in the precious name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
hear these words of blessing. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep doing all these things that you have learned, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen.